Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WrestleMania Backlash Review. My name is Matt Meyer, aka Imp, and we are live here in uh, on Wrestling Headlines YouTube and later available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. And we are live here with the wrestling. <laughs> it's 20 past three. I'm flipping knackered. <laughs> Let's do this. But yeah, a uh, interesting show, fair to say. Uh, I really enjoyed the final two matches. I really enjoyed the opening match as an opening match. I thought the tag match was fine. Miz, Miz, Priest, Zombies. (laughs) It's been received as it's been received. It's fair to say. And I genuinely... uh, Yeah, when I get to that match, I had an internet outage. So I legit missed the match. (laughs) So so I saw the wrestlers come down. I saw the zombies come out and I'm like, this is going to be awful. Everything about this screams it'll be awful. Uh, then my internet cut out, and I legit, I've got nothing. <laughs> so that's an interesting one. So as a, as a show overall, you've got for me like some of the highest of highs of the final two matches, and absolute lows <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> in terms of the lumberjack zombie match, the zombie lumberjack match. Oh dear, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Side cancel. Oh, hello. Uh, yeah, imagine if Jimmy came out. Ah, yes, yes. So what do you make of the show as well uh, at this early stage before we fully get into it? You know, feelings overall as well. We are going to be talking about the main event first in Roman Reigns versus Cesaro as well. If you want to keep your thoughts related to that. But yes, and um, for me, the main event especially was really, really strong. And that's why I say this is a mixed bag of a show. Uh, giving it some numbers weird because... It's like um, when you're viewing, I guess, a sketch show or something like Saturday Night Live where I would do it for each individual skit or something like that. So overall, it helps that this show is out of six because you've got six different ones. Did they hit? And for me, all but one did their perfectly fine. Like some were perfectly fine. Some nailed it out of the park. But they all hit their job. Apart from match number three, <laughs> which was the zombies, <laughs> Don't even, which is just like absolute bottom tier rubbish. But then it's met with this main event, Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. And yes, I would say at the end when he did that whole beatdown after the match, uh, I'm with you, site cancel. I was expecting Jimmy to come out because I felt like that was what they had been building to, was Jimmy coming out, doing a thing. Uh, but no, it, it was just Jey Uso came out and then it was Seth Rollins. I don't know if they that was the kind of MacGuffin, the expectancy that it's going to be Jimmy to do something, but it's someone else entirely, and we go that route as well. We use that to build the heat for Seth Rollins, Cesaro at Hell in a Cell. And, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting one. I legitimately was not uh, expecting Seth Rollins at all. I just I was expecting Jimmy. I was expecting something like that to happen. Uh, but no, it was a... Really strong main event, which is just it's part of the course now of Roman Reigns' main events. A really, really strong match. Um, Cesaro as the babyface challenger in a pay-per-view main event against the company's biggest star. <laughs> you love to say it. Like somebody who watched him in Ring of Honor. I caught just the end of his indie run. So I didn't tune into that indie scene until the late noughties. So I missed a lot of the... Uh, like uh, Claudio... Castri- <laughs> I can't really say his last name. I missed a lot of his pre WWE run. So I, I didn't know who he was. Then he turned up in like 2000 and maybe it was 11. I wanted to say 9, but it's probably 11 as a rugby player uh, or something because Americans thought Switzerland was a famous rugby nation. They're not. <laughs> it doesn't mean he's not. He wasn't a rugby player in Switzerland. They're just not a top rugby nation at all. But, but anyway, so they. Yeah, they brought it to Zaro. Really weird. And you could tell his talent, though. It was written all over how talented that man was. And hitting the heights in 2014, weirdly to be paired as a bad guy, even though he won the Andre Memorial Battle Royale in a massively babyface way. Bit weird. Uh, and then he's kind of just died off a bit. It's because he nailed his part, and then the book of him was just so strange. He screamed a guy who had nailed his part, but the booking just bled, just fell apart. And that's when a lot of the brass ring kind of narrative was reaching its peak <laughs> amongst the fan base and things. As, and mostly as a, here's your prime example of somebody who 
didn't really do anything wrong and then found himself relegated anyway. It's like, well, what's the best? He grabbed the best thing. So what's the, what is this thing you've seemingly made up? <laughs> but he, um, and that was the reason given that he didn't grab the brass ring when it was as from the fans' point of view, it's very clear that it wasn't him who dropped the ball <laughs> in that sense. Uh, but really, a man that talented, it's been a decade till he's finally got his first pay-per-view main event, challenging for the top title. For a man of his talent and a lot of like inside a wrestling, say inside a wrestling people. I mean wrestlers, <laughs> wrestlers who are in the industry. You hear the phrase a lot of that, how comes Cesaro is not a multi-time champion by now? And for me, this showed that he can hang up there and he did an absolutely amazing job elevating him to be a guy who could take on Roman Reigns. I thought his main event was really, really strong. Yeah, yet another fantastic main event with Roman Reigns in it. I was like, oh, what a surprise. Uh, such a fantastic character. And it just kept, the whole match just feeds into it so well. The champion having to rethink against such a technically gifted opponent, uh, working on the swift man's arm and having to grind him down, picking him apart and they're talking down, talking trash at him. And then you got Cesaro's fight back, having to go through the pain of delivering it with that arm that has been targeted. Like the uppercuts, the neutralizer, it all goes through that damaged arm. It's like, oh, yeah, just, the <laughs> just watching the fight back and then watching him is a screaming pain as he's then delivering it or like with the sharpshooter where he was able to use one arm to wrench back on it but he needs both of them but he can only really just sit on it with the uh, yes it wasn't an arm injury as in they're going to work on the arm then maybe I'm going to hit my try and submission it for a bit but my, my finish has got nothing to do with it like that damaged arm had absolutely everything to do with the flow of momentum especially when it was turning into the like late match back and forth where they're both hitting their signatures and Cesaro just yeah, like Cesaro's attempts always came at a cost. It's like oh, there was just yeah, there's, there's that little logic to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not working on a body part just to weigh you down, and it's, it's that much bigger logic to it. And you saw that. And I really, really highly rated it. Uh, but the man's fight crept in as well. Like as he power bombed his way out of the normally match-ending guillotine choke. I mean, it did end the match later on, but not there and then. Uh, later, kicking out of take after taking a power bomb himself too. And Roman Reigns as well, just the way that he worked on the arm as well, I thought was nice and unique to his character. He's not just talking on it in the ring. Yes, he did do a bit of that whilst giving shout-outs to Daniel Bryan, <laughs> calling him DB. Uh, this is a little bit of DB wrestling. Or let me do just DB little arm twist. <laughs> I really appreciated that. And at ringside, uh, the way that he did it was just the, the smashing it into the ring post or uh, the drive-by, again, launching Cesaro back into the ring post as he then holds his upper shoulder. It's like, oh, just <laughs> all done so well. All done so well. And then, uh, like, later in the match, Reigns going for straight strikes, but he used Cesaro to show how great his technique has become with a lovely little float over into the guillotine choke once more. That was delightful. <laughs> the Swiss super super, I can't say it. Swiss superhero fighting back, but he was unable to break out of the hold. And uh, M McAfee hammering it home. No Jey Uso, no Jimmy, beating Cesaro as the chief all on his own. And I was like, yeah, actually, that's a point. Because against the others, Romain's used uh, Cesaro to make a point that he does not need those other ones. He can do this on his own. And that's something that I really appreciated seeing. That seeing him actually do it in action. Especially like as a bad guy, we don't see that a lot. The, close, like, the person I think about is Seth Rollins who would talk about like that then every, and then even wrestle really strongly but he was booked as a wimp and it's kind of like the go-to thing of to have the villain talk a big game and then in action show that they are actually just a bit of a wimp that should be defeated and not respected. That is so different here where the character is so much about respect and he's going to go out there and earn it. It's, yes. <laughs> Such a strong character because of that. Because of that, so much of his character is about respect and him himself earning it too. It's like, oh yes, as in you will respect me. Levels of stuff are like, oh yes. <laughs> uh, after the match, Jay Uso came out to recognise him as the head of the table once again. The end. That story about respect uh, and the uh, and the Samoan family. A super kick to Cesaro and into a beatdown from Jay at the. When I say the behest of Roman Reigns, it was. Jay who asked and Roman gave the nod. 
but the splash was halted by, as we just talked about, Seth Rollins, of all people, staring down Roman. But it's Cesaro he's out to send a message to, not Roman. And launching him over the announced desk before swinging serious damage with a chair, uh, trapping the lad's arm inside and swinging it into the ring post. Uh, plus a stomp for good measure. Uh, Seth Rollins, the final image as the show goes off air, which I guess might be my only critique, I guess. I mean, it's telling you immediately the direction. This is narratively where we're going with Hell in a Cell. We're going to get Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This is the big angle to go into that next pay-per-view with. This is the hook. No Taz. <laughs> this is the hook. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, not to go Larry David, but... When I say my only critique is Roman Reigns just disappeared after that. And he's such a focal point of the show. Uh, I was just watching it just thinking, um, I mean... Won't mind to know a little bit about where Roman's going. Immediately, I'm thinking Roman Jimmy. I don't know if anyone's in, in in agreement with that, but that is my immediate kind of take on it. It's like, yeah, I'd go with um, a bit of Roman Jimmy. You build that up in the background throughout the course of this show. Uh, that, that's why I thought it was a little bit odd for there to be no kind of post-match build for Roman. And Seth Rollins came out. They teased Rollins' reigns. I don't know if they are going to do anything with it, because they're both baddies, and <laughs> it's WWE. Uh, they're both really strong characters, and it'd be really interesting to see that. And it's one of those where, or because they're both heel, I don't think it matters. Because they're such strong characters, and the fans are so familiar with them, that uh, at this point, I don't really think it matters that they're both heel. I, th I think it's fine. I think in this era, you can do Reigns versus Rollins. Because the characters are both so strong that on the TV, it can work a different kind of magic than they used to. Yeah, personally. They don't do they don't do the villain versus villain though. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah, because they just don't do that kind of matchup, I'm not expecting it. It would be nice though. You can use the summer to maybe get to it. Because who else? What else is the biggest match for Reigns? Aside from bringing back the beast, Brock Lesnar or something like that. Yeah, aside from something like that, what else are you going to do? Uh, personally, if you're going to bring back Lesnar, do it purely to make Reigns look like a beast. Have Reigns destroy him as well. That's what I'd do. Just like we saw here, with the similar kinds of fight backs, and then Brock Lesnar just gets caught and again, he can choke and down he goes again. If you're going to bring him back, for me, that's how you use him. Don't have him destroy Reigns for Reigns to then destroy him back. So, oh, just, we've, we've seen it so many times at this point. Don't, uh, don't do it again. Uh, but yes, back, that's not <laughs> me trying to think to the future about what they're going to do. I would say near future... Jimmy Uso, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, and of course, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. It's good to see that Cesaro is staying pretty high up the card. Uh, Seth Rollins with the, you thought you'd be just like that, that you'd just get your big match and we'd be done. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, I like continuity in my wrestling. And it's all over. A lot of it's all over SmackDown, but especially anything that circles Reigns. It's just, the storytelling is just so much stronger. And it's look at Raw. Raw's got nothing to do with Reigns. Raw's really bad, <laughs> but SmackDown's solid, and most of the time, like the rest of the show is fine. But after you finished it, it, you've got a really high rating in your head because of the main stuff. It's just so strong. Nothing in WWE is told like Roman Reigns. There is no storyline like him. There's no character like him. Um, it's just all so well done. I've got no critique for it. <laughs> again, my only critique was him not receiving attention after the match because again, all characters and all times must be thinking, what is Roman doing right now? At this moment, what is Roman Reigns doing? And uh, that wasn't the case. <laughs> that wasn't the case. Uh, yeah. But the match before, that I also really, really enjoyed, just to continue with the positive, was the WWE Championship match for... The men's match. The men's match, as I realise, have not actually moved F the matches into order. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, though. <laughs> but, yes, the, the the men, the big men had their men match. And, yeah, it was big boys. Big boys doing big boy things. There we go. There we go. As I get distracted, realising I've not done it. But, yes, big men doing big Bernie things. Big boys smash. <laughs> really, really enjoyed this. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Championship in big muscly men being big 
mean and muscly. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Oh, some tasty steak. Uh, charging around, slamming up, down, left and right. Uh, diving at each other like madmen. Uh, similar to the opening triple threat in its unrelenting pace. Instead of uh, just rattling along the tracks into big ringside craziness and big boom boom stage spots. <laughs> just like, yes. <laughs> uh, the opening match was a lot more in-ring triple threat kind of pace, as in um, a really strong opening match. This was carnage levels of stuff. It's like, oh, <laughs> absolutely perfect for the three men involved. Uh, the ability Strowman showed in this, the agility attempted in order to keep up with the other two really impressed me. Like a somersault off the apron, a thank you Drew for saving a really bad landing <laughs> with that one. Uh, before later taking both a Michinoku driver and a ringside like overhead suplex, like wow, uh, yeah, Strowman, yeah, he took he, he took his licks <laughs> in this match. Uh, Bobby Lashley retaining though after Drew nailed the Claymore, uh, launching the Scott out and quickly following up with a spear. The man was thought to be out, the champion thought to be out completely after being crashed through the screens with a sparkle bang. <laughs> but nope, uh, back he was right at the end. And the, at the time they put over that Lashley was out for weeks after the Bobby, after Bobby, no, after Strowman did that to Lashley. And the clip they played on Raw, he was out for weeks after that. And it's like, mm, as soon as they said that, I'm like, he's coming back at the end of the match and winning, isn't he? He's like, oh, it's, it's, it sucks when that kind of thing happens. When they say something on commentary, and immediately you go, "Well, I can read what you're going, what emotion you're going for there." Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and yeah, Strowman may have been there, so neither Drew nor Bobby took a pin. But like, that was a mightily impressive performance from the man. Like, really stepping up to McIntyre and Lashley's big boy table. Yeah, but really, this was like all about keeping Drew and Bobby going into Hell in a Cell, which is weird because. Like the guy who feels like he put on, the guy who feels like he's newer to the table, is Braun Strowman, because Drew McIntyre's just been there so often, and now he's lost two attempts in a row. Even though he's not the one who took the pin, he didn't win again. And it's like, hmm, this is the less fresh challenger, and now you got to convince me to keep it going to Hell in a Cell. Which, to be fair, is very similar to the feeling I had going into Hell in a Cell last time. I was just, I was just like, we've seen Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre feuding for so long. I am, I'm kind of just checked out and done with it at this point. But you know, the train had to keep rolling, and uh, it did. They, they changed the title. If I'm right, at Hell in a Cell. If, if I'm right at Hell in a Cell, they just changed the title to Randy Orton beforehand. Then at Hell in a Cell, Drew McIntyre won it back. It's like, ah, oh, but I don't quite get why. <laughs> it's just, just to prolong it to keep it going rather than. In any like kayfabe thing, as in it just screamed of we've got hell in a cell, and we've got to keep this going till hell in a cell, rather than like an in-world reason to keep it going. It was the pay-per-view structure, the calendar reason to keep it going. It's like the schedule being what it is is not a great reason for, <laughs> for me to get into a view. But being way early in the year, if you're gonna do McIntyre, do 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 Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. For me, this is the like last pay-per-view to do it at. Stop after this one. <laughs> just after this, you're done. After this, you're done. Uh, but here, at this Money Backlash, just three men having a belter. Three men and a belter. Tom Selleck. No Tom Selleck. <laughs> really, really strong triple threat match. This was, uh, when I say my everything, I mean in terms of a WWE big boys match. What am I expecting? And this match absolutely delivered. Uh, three big boys smashing all about ringside <laughs> in absolute chaos. It was exactly the kind of match you would hope it would be. So yeah, little little golf clap with two fingers on the palm. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really strong WWE Championship match. Like both of the like final matches of the show were both really strong in, and in completely different ways. Sam the best. <laughs> oh, Sam the best. Uh, so yeah, I. I really, really enjoyed the Lashley McIntyre Strowman. Really, really strong. Big boys did their smash. <laughs> Things went bang. <laughs> Big men flying. Uh, yeah, but again, for me, a little shout out to Braun Strowman because I, I thought he really, he really impressed me in this match. I thought he really stepped up uh, to that level that Lashley and McIntyre have set, and that that's something that's really important. Just because uh, the Lashley 
McIntyre thing was oh it was so strong I don't know what this is trying to emblemize <laughs> but it's like oh it was big and strong like a big burger I don't know where I'm going with that I don't know uh, anyway, anyway, I'm now going to go through the show in order of stuff that happened, like the final four segments to talk about. Hopefully get this review done before it's four o'clock in the morning. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's uh, 20 to four. <laughs> 20 minutes to get through the entire show. It's not going to happen. Uh, and yes, Sam, Roman Reigns vs. Cesaro was amazing. Yeah, I, think I, just, I think I spent 10, 15 minutes just talking about how, um, how much I enjoyed that main event. Both guys absolutely bought it. But... On the, on the kickoff, I'm just going to bring that up first. Uh, Richard O'Shea uh, accepted Seamus' call in his ordinary human trousers, not his superhero trousers, which makes him ricochet. Nah, normal human pants as it is in America. <laughs> normal human trousers. So he's Richard O'Shea. Uh, he didn't win. So there's that. Uh, that was a kickoff. That was a kickoff. Uh, accepting Seamus' open challenge, which I love that little quirk that it's not for the title. <laughs> for me, it works so well. Uh, but. We've got an opening video package narrated by Batista with a mix of wrestling and Army of the Dead footage that I thought at the time, oh, this is quite a cool, interesting tie-in. You've got your Batista in your wrestling and Batista in your movie. Yeah, that's an interesting tie-in. Little did I know, we get a match that was a full-on advertisement for the movie. (laughs) Not in a good way. (laughs) Not in a good way. It's like, ah, yes. Ah, yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. <laughs> anyway, WrestleMania Backlash kicked off. Also, oh no, the uh, looking at the Google SEOs, WrestleMania Backlash has won. What, as in the terms that people are Googling the most, because you can look at what's tracking the most. What terms are people searching more? And over Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash is winning. <laughs> they won with the rebranding. <laughs> Damn it. Me <laughs> with uh, my little keep it as it was, little heart. Anyway, uh, so the show started with the Raw Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley, Asuka and Charlotte Flair with a bloody strong opening to the show. Really, really enjoyed this fast-paced opening contest. And like Flair in her Cruella de Vil attire, uh, surely because uh, she just loves uh, Disney's 101 Dalmatians. Nothing to do with her being a whopping big villain. Nah, nah. Uh, Such a fast-paced opening contest. Like, a bit of the two-at-a-time swap them out rhythm, which I'm not a massive fan of normally. But when done at, like, when ran at a pace this quick and smooth, like, I'm not really going to complain. Like, it's, yes, it, this is a trope I normally don't like, but it was fine. It did, like, it did perfectly what I kind of would like it to do. So I've not really got any complaints for it. Like, it was perfect. It was absolutely, it was like the perfect opener really really enjoyed it and really when he gets to the actual kind of run of the match like Flair was trying to own control but obviously her opponents were way too talented for that to really ever come to fruition like it's kind of like a self-prophesizing like blindness <laughs> Charlotte Flair holds herself in such high esteem that she truly believes that she should be like running the whole division be champion be controlling every match she's in because she is just that great and when that doesn't happen, uh, like after the match, she's kind of just like shaking her head, just like, how did that, that can't possibly happen. It can't possibly be, can't possibly, can't possibly be a thing. <laughs> just, I don't know why I made it so incredibly posh. That can't possibly have happened. Uh, but like instead, just the match descended more and more into a back and forth, even after Flair nailed a double natural selection in a fantastic troll move <laughs> in the middle of the match. Because you just, the way that her character's going to build up, you're expecting there might be a spot where what if she beats them both and she does proclaim herself as the queen. Uh, like, using the past of how strong she's been built to really feel, feed this heel character of self-aggrandizing. It's like, oh, it's... It, 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 this bit, this spot in the match, I, I rate it so highly. <laughs> it's just where she nailed the natural selection on both and kind of cockily just pinned them both. I was like, oh, of course you would. <laughs> of course they'd book Charlotte Flair to beat them both. But, but no, that that was the troll part. As like, in, it's just them going, yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to do that. So, oh. But that works to a character so damn well. But soon after, it was Rhea and Asuka fighting in the middle of the ring, uh, breaking down into a string of chaos with Charlotte becoming increasingly frustrated at her inability to be the reigning queen of momentum. In the end, Flair got a big boot in on a charging Asuka, 
getting knocked off the apron in the process and the former Japanese champion falling into Ripley for a Riptide win and Ripley woofing <laughs> at her in victory because you know the movie which is not the first time I'm going to be saying that <laughs> for the logic uh, yeah, it was an interesting... It was like uh, the person... Because you hear it sometimes with the channel behind the camera. It's like, woof at her. Keep, keep woofing at her, Raya. Keep woofing at her. <laughs> it's like, fine. I'll keep woofing at Charlotte as she pulls her. Hmm, how could that possibly have happened? <laughs> Just, that could possibly... No, I'm too good for that to happen. I've, I've given her a character she doesn't have. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I watched Enola Holmes at the weekend. That's why that voice is in my head. <laughs> my God, Sherlock. What have we got here? <laughs> That's the voice in my head. Uh, it's not a great voice going into Eurovision week with. It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> it's really an interesting one. But yes, a really hot opener. Really, really enjoyed the uh, both triple threat matches. I thought brought it in different ways, which is a little worry I have. Because you can fall into a, a certain rhythm with them. This match had that two in the ring and then one on the outside that had that rhythm. But it was done so quickly that I just didn't mind. Like Normally it's something I critique. It's like, oh, a bit of a negative because they went to this rhythm and I don't find that rhythm that entertaining. I found it entertaining here. It's like, you broke my <laughs> normal mould of critique. Well done. Well done. Yeah, really strong. And very, very pleased staying as champion I feel like is the right decision. I feel like Charlotte Flair's character really benefits from not winning. winning. Again, entering just that posh thing of how could it possibly happen? And you've got very, very pleased kind of getting over as the champion which is again is another little critique but when I remember she was plan D or plan E for Wrestlemania like I have a bit more sympathy for this time than being in that situation it's not the first time that they've had a have had somebody be the champion who has they have not got their character over yet like Jinder Mahal where personally I thought by the end of his reign they'd really built him up as a like a guy who was really starting to feel like a champion even though I wasn't particularly enjoying his matches. Like, he started starting to feel like a champion. Issue was, when they made him champion, he didn't actually have a character, really. He was like, bottom of the card, nothing. Suddenly, catapulted to the top. Now we've got to suddenly make this character for him. Uh, maybe please in a slightly similar situation, where she's debuted on Raw very quickly become champion. Now they're getting the character over. And, yeah, this is a decent win for that. And speaking of decent wins, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Dirty Dogs. Dirty Dogs. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode versus Rey Mysterio. And to begin with, no one. Ooh, but later, his son Dominic. <laughs> a, a backstage attack and poor young Dominic left Rey in a two-on-one handicap. Uh, he gave it a good go in his 60s Adam West Batman gear, but the numbers were always against him. Uh, the Dirty Dogs are uh, directly targeting his right knee with some really strong teamwork. Uh, Bobby Roode's career like, has constantly found him landing in strong heel teams. <laughs> he just keeps doing it. Be it Team Canada with Eric Young. Be it Beer Money with James Storm. I guess it even... Oh, it was called the Dirty Heels. It isn't even his first dirty tag team. <laughs> dirty Heels with uh, Austin Aries back in uh, TNA before both of their uh, WWE days. And... Um, yeah. Yes, there was the Chad Gable team, but that's they just didn't know at all what to do with the tag team. And, then, and yeah, again with Dolph Ziggler, he's fallen into another decently <laughs> strong heel. That was the point. They didn't start off as heels. They, that doesn't count. <laughs> but yes, re, another strong heel tag team in the middle of the show with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Bobby Roode's done it again. Even though... I felt like in NXT he proved he could be a really strong top baddie. He's uh, yeah, he's fallen again into a strong heel tag team. He, he keeps doing it <laughs> throughout his entire career. Say entire, obviously from t uh, from Team Canada up to now. Even if he becomes the top champion in TNA, he will fall back into another strong tag team. <laughs> Don't know how he does it. It's littered with them. Uh, but yes, yeah, so like some great little moments in the match. It's like in Ray's fight for survival, uh, just avoiding the ten count after sliding into a ringside Ziggler super kick at the top. Uh, I just realised I've also not changed the picture. Well, bang! I'll remember. That's, that's more for editing later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some great little moments. Uh, just avoiding the ten count after a after sliding into a ringside Ziggler super kick at the top. At the top of them, that doesn't make any sense. 
he just made the ringside Ziggler super kick. Who knows what my notes are on about? <laughs> Dominic coming on out for the final segment of the match. He, uh, hey, arguably at that point when he came out, Ray was the weaker and the more injured of the two. So yeah, yeah, come out, why not? And the Mysterios individually survived the onslaught long enough to link together into a run of offense right to the victory. 6-1 Naitarud, out goes Ziggler, frog splash from Dominic, scores the win. And you got our first, you got our, yeah, a big moment, which I feel like this tag team match, all it had to do was deliver that moment of Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio becoming the first ever father and son tag team champions in WWE history. That's, I feel like that's, that's, as long as they got that moment, it doesn't really matter how it got there. And I don't know if, like, for me, long term, showing Dominic fight and survive compared to Rey doing it. Obviously, Ray's the more veteran wrestler, so he could carry it on for a bit longer because he got quite a bit of time of just Ray being there, Dominic there right at the end. Uh, but yeah, it was really strong. Personally, because I, I just like to see, because Dominic's going to be the one from here who we're going to see for a longer period of time. Uh, wouldn't mind like seeing him getting that massive character work, but he got some here. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a decent follow-up to the main event. And I, I, after watching this, I was, kind of like, you know, I was like, you know what? Maybe a little bit longer than I would have had it, but it did its job. It was fine. It got over the exact reason for its existence in the Mysterios becoming tag team champions with that first ever. But yeah, you hit your landmark moment, your landmark feel-good moment as well. So even if the match wasn't, like, for me, as hot fire as the opening match, it still carried the momentum perfectly fine. As long as, after this match, you have something else to continue the momentum into the second half of the show. Instead, <laughs> they brought out zombies. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, I'll read out my notes uh, as I've got them currently in order. Ha! 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 That's note one. <laughs> note two. Uh, yeah, note two. I start. I mentioned this earlier on in the show. Note two. My internet. Legit died and I missed the match. There is no bit here. This isn't me following up but the, the laugh bit with like an actual bit. <laughs> it's like no no seriously, my internet died and it was properly gone. Because sometimes it's either Ethernet because I have my uh, PlayStation plugged in, so I'm watching the show on Ethernet and then I've got my like laptop with like Twitter and stuff. That's on Wi-Fi. That doesn't matter as much. But both went and I'm like Crap. <laughs> if one goes, that's easily fixable. But they both went. That's not good. And, you know, just walking around downstairs, it's like waiting for the router <laughs> to hopefully fix itself. I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, this, yeah, am I not going to be able to do the show? <laughs> Is this the end? Uh, no, it came back. It was fine. It's fine. But I did miss the match. It was, that, it was a long enough period of time for me to completely miss the zombie lumberjack match. I saw the entrances. I saw the Miz and Morrison come down. Then I saw John Morrison open the lumberjack locker room to a room full of zombies and red mist lighting. <laughs> the zombies perfectly fine with a film crew setting up the lighting. That's that's not that's the least of my concerns. <laughs> this segment. So again, the idea of a zombie lumberjack match is pure nonsense. First and foremost. So if you want. Because any sense of realism, if that's how you get invested in this, look away now. <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> this is just the other side of the nonsense fence. Pure, utter nonsense. It's zombie lumberjacks. I don't need to say anything else. <laughs> so the Miz with John Morrison, and they're putting over that it was John Morrison who saw the zombies. The Miz hasn't seen the zombies. He just thinks John Morrison's being weird again. And then out comes Damien Priest, and then, yeah... Out come the zombies and they do it from the close the close shot from like semi POV shot from over the shoulder of the zombies as they're walking in. <laughs> it's like that was an interesting choice. <laughs> Again. Uh, to do the invisible camera, is it there or not in a match? That's an interesting one. <laughs> That's a really interesting one. Uh, the invisible camera, as in, in WWE, it's really consistent whether the camera crew are there or not, and sometimes it's inconsistent in a single segment. Again, my thing on Raw was MVP kind of posing to knock on the door with the cameraman behind him, where he very subtly kind of told us that MVP knows the camera crew's there. 
Then you cut to Braun Strowman with his own separate crew inside the locker room. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Responding as if there is no crew there. It's just within the same segment, there is and isn't a camera crew. For me, that's you establish there is or you establish there isn't. To kind of be inconsistent within a segment. Uh, so, yeah, to do the invisible camera in the POV of a zombie. <laughs> for me, that's a little bit different because it's, it's, it's already nonsense. I'm, I'm up for crap like that <laughs> in something like I say you're up for. I've, I've dropped, I've left, I've left my quality bar aside. I'm, this is pure nonsense. And as pure nonsense, that's what the zombie stuff was. It was pure, just drop any sense of a match. <laughs> as in, Dave Meltzer is probably going to give this zero stars. Maybe even negative one. Because it wasn't particularly done well either. <laughs> On top of the nonsense idea, the the execution was nonsense too. Uh, yeah, um, I don't often like, 100% agree with like a quick little melt to take on something within WWE. I tend to be a bit more lenient with them. But with the zombie one, where we're saying, yeah, it was a zombie lumberjack match. Sounds, it, it's worse than it sounds. <laughs> um, from what I saw think I'd agree. <laughs> that uh, may, uh, Do I have to go back and watch this? <laughs> like, do I really have to go back and watch this? Uh, the only thing I've seen is um, I saw a gif of Miz and Priest on the outside uh, fighting the zombies, then realising we probably weren't together to fight the zombies and doing that. <laughs> and that's Oh, and of course this still image, which was going all over Twitter, of, uh, yeah, Mia, of Miz and Morrison getting eaten by zombies. And... WWE themselves putting out there in the headline, Miz and Morrison eaten by zombies. <laughs> that legitimately, that's a headline they have put. WWE themselves have put that out. That's not a like a that's not a wrestling news website putting that out or anything. It's legitimately a WWE publicised thing. That is what they have put out there. Um, so they'll be on Raw. <laughs> I'm not saying that they will be. <laughs> they will be on Raw. Ah. Oh. But immediately, ha, you suckers. I genuinely missed the match thanks to amazing timing from my router. So, uh. anyway, Hell in the Cells, June 20th. <laughs> That's when I came back. <laughs> end of that. I missed that promo as well. It's legit just at the end of the promo. Where it's giving the, the, the logo with the date. That's, why, that's when I came back. Uh, so, yeah. Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and... I'm 100% going to fail at finishing before four because I can't cover this match for four minutes. But the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Bailey, And, well, back on the, the otherwise quality road for the night. Like, it's a... It's what I mean by it's a weird show. We had the zombie thing, but everything else was fine. <laughs> uh, personally, I only found this match fine because I was struggling to get my head back into the show. And that sucked for Belair Bailey, where they were following that. And just as a viewer, like as the flow of a card overall, in isolation, this match was probably great. Watching it on the night, I kind of struggled, so it was mostly fine uh, with a, again, really strong ending, because they're both great wrestlers, that then led into a kind of finish which sets you up for a rematch, even though Bailey lost. It's WWE booking. Yeah, go with it. Uh, but, yeah, back onto the quality road. We're back onto the normal street, which again is even weirder <laughs> transition going from watching two of your wrestlers getting eaten by zombies, not giving a crap. Oh, my favourite part, I just realised, I just remembered the fav my favourite part that I saw. Uh, I didn't, again, I didn't know this happened until I saw the gif of it on Twitter, but it was afterwards, uh, as Mr. Marsden getting eaten by zombies, Damien Priest doing his archer, I can't do it with the headphones, doing his archer thing, pointing it into the air. Uh, firing it at the screen that's above the ring, and on it goes, Army of the Dead. I was like, oh yes, the promo. Uh, which reminds me of my other favourite thing, of <laughs> of the uh, commentator, I forgot his name, uh, doing, it's trying to make sense of it afterwards. Like, oh wait, yeah, Army of the Dead. Oh, this makes a bit more sense then. Yeah, yeah, I've got it, yeah. Because oh, yeah, of Army of the Dead. I was like, ah yes, because the movie... Yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> because the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I under, it was me immediately going, yeah, I understand that you were advertising the movie, but in world, what is does the sense make? And what what is does the sense? 
of Miz and Morrison being announced as legitimately being eaten. Because <laughs> they will be back. <laughs> They've not been eaten. Uh, uh, Warren Hayes, with a, I think it was Warren Hayes with a great tweet of uh, just saying, and they might as well just put out that they fell onto a second roof. <laughs> and that's why they're back. <laughs> he just used the same excuse as last year when they killed someone on pay-per-view uh, by launching them off a roof. And it's like, oh, why are they back? Second secret roof. Hidden secret second roof. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, anyway, I need to transition to Belair Bailey. I need to, <laughs> I need to finish this review. So uh, we're yeah back to the quality road again. A weird one to get into after two members of your roster were just eaten by zombies. But hey, we're transitioning into this. Let's just move on. And uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to do it. I'm just realising. But yep, yeah, there's these zombie people. Bang! There is Belair and Bailey. Yeah, it was a surprise. I won't say surprisingly good match because look at who they are. It's just that what it was following, I was impressed that I was able to get into it towards the end of the match. Uh, like, yeah, unsurprisingly, a strong showing from the two women. Belair telling Bailey to kiss her ass. Uh, it's just the way that Pat McAfee said it as well afterwards. He was great in commentary as well all night for me, Pat McAfee. Uh, there were a few times where you could tell he's been told to shut up because he just cut off mid sentence. But it's like, I think him just going, I think uh, Belair's. Telling Bailey to kiss her ass. <laughs> it's just, it's just the way he did it. It was hilarious. Um, but yes, Bailey was later laughing at Bianca's misfortune, right into a straight slap to the face, as I liked. Like Bailey, a full crazy villain at this point, like maniacal laughter before switching to full seriousness as she rakes the eyes of the champion ah, in a <laughs> last ditch desperate attempt. The zombie stuff's got me getting into mini character. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it worked to blind the champion, uh, but the last managed to roll her up and score a sudden pin. And after the match, Bailey going crazy at Michael Cole, just ripping apart all of his notes, <laughs> throwing them about, writing her own notes about how it should have gone. And uh, Bianca's on the stage, getting, like fixing her eyes. I think it was a nice touch that, if I'm right, I noticed that one of her eyelashes had been kind of knocked off a bit. And uh, personally, for the rake the eye spot, for me, that's a really nice touch. <laughs> that's a really nice thing just visually to show that the eyes got raked you can dislodge one of the fake eyelashes yeah do it <laughs> yeah it's a nice little nice little touch nice little touch uh, but yeah it was a it was a strong women's championship match and by the end I was into it it was a great back and forth there were some great little spots within there it was just obviously the first half just needed some time to wrap my brain around just going into a title match following what happened. <laughs> just like, right, okay. I'm, as in, like, me watching it as a viewer, like, just taking in what's happened, I've got to actively, like, disengage and re-engage, essentially. I've, I've got to stop the car, go, right, okay, now we're going in this gear, and then go again. It's it's weird. I'm, I'm stalling on a round of roundabout. I can't remember if they exist in America. <laughs> I don't think they do. Very, a very British road thing. Circle on the road, he got different turn-offs on it. <laughs> there we go, quick, quick explanation. Yeah, you don't want to stall on it, it's my point. Uh, and uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, you can ruin the flow of traffic. That's essentially what the zombie stuff did. Ruined the flow of wrestling traffic. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. Keep with me. <laughs> Start with the uh, wrestling, yeah, wrestling flow of traffic. And then the car stalled. I had to start it up again. Like, right, okay, we're going, going at one. In the first gear, but I'm going to slowly amp up. And they were driving fine by the end of the match, and that meant come the final two matches, I was raring to go. I was revving to go. <laughs> Stick with the metaphor. I was revving to go into the main event matches. Uh, the car crash that followed. Uh, yes, <laughs> found it. I found the tie-in. Um, yeah, but it's it just be, just because of the, maybe I need to rewatch this one in isolation to get a, like a full sense of it. But the, the zombie match definitely took away from the first half of this match for me because I was just so struggling to get into it. And I really felt it when Bailey did like a front suplex onto Bianca onto the stairs. So Bianca fell like chest first onto the stairs, which is like an oof spot to take. But I just wasn't into the match at that point. Even though they've done that big ringside spot, it got no reaction out of me. I watched it and went, yep. <laughs> and that's when it hit me. It's like, I should have had a bigger reaction to that. But I'm still reading from zombies, <laughs> even though I, did, I, I missed the match. <laughs> and it's just like it's all again. You can normally sense it from Twitter. It's just all they were talking about with the zombies, and I was essentially using it to see what I'd missed. <laughs> it's just the odd spot. Oh, it was something. It was something. 
Uh, I feel like my review of Bianca Belair and Bailey kind of really did get across what it was like watching it live. Like, you're trying to watch the match. But it's, the zombies are just... They're in, they're in your head. <laughs> they're in your brain. They did the job. The job. Uh, also, Scotty Too Hottie was one of the zombies. <laughs> just to point that out as well. Um, it's a random little fact. Yeah, random little thing there. Uh, and, and I love the memes of people saying, oh, in like 10, 20 years, we're going to be getting that WWE 24 documentary on the network or Peacock, wherever they are. And it's like, oh, to think that 10 years ago I, I was a zombie and now I'm the champion. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, yes. Uh, ribbing off of like CM Punk being on a, one of John Cena's gangsters in his entrance and others, and the people who were Charlotte Flair's throne people. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Ah. Uh, Anyway, oh yeah, of course, Charlotte Flair was one of Triple H's thrown people as well, which is a nice little time there. Don't get tangented, you need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, so overall, when I say a mixed bag, what I mean is the show was moving along perfectly fine, then the zombies happened, completely disrupted everything, bottom tier flop, complete flop, sucks for Damien Priest to be involved with this crap, hopefully he doesn't take the bullet for it, because again, it's none of his fault. It was, just, it was just BS nonsense to promote a movie. <laughs> Which, again, is why I'm not, I'm not going to go crapping all over it, like, zero stars, rah, 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 rah. One, because I didn't see the match. <laughs> and two, just because, it, yeah, it was a bit in the middle of the show to promote a movie. Would suck to see a wrestler get demoted because the segment, as a wrestling segment, flopped. Did his job to promote the movie, though. You know, Army of the Dead's coming out. To be fair, because of the opening package and the constant advertising for it, I already knew that. <laughs> I would have dedicated an entire match. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, that, that was sarcastic. Uh, anyway, overall, I want to give it a thumbs up just because of the, the rest of the show. I enjoyed the final two matches so much. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. What quotes have the best in the chat. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro was amazing. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And the main event was, as I accidentally fell onto, was the perfect car crash of three big boys and uh, just running around, having lots of fun. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, the final two matches were absolutely perfect. I feel like the two SmackDown matches in the middle of the show did their job. And the Raw Women's, Women's match was a great opener. It was just the zombies. But it was so bad... <laughs> You can't give this show a four or a five out of five or anything like that because of the zombies. <laughs> For me, it drags it down to a three, I, a three or two. It's a weird one. I don't normally do numbers. That's why I don't do numbers. My review is it's a great show apart from the zombies. <laughs> Where if you like me and you're perfectly fine having a laugh at the wrestling and it doesn't really disengage you from like the rest of the show too much, then yeah, you'll be fine with the show. You'll enjoy it. No, just be aware there'll be a segment which is pure nonsense. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I've had a good laugh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's the end of that review. Uh, yeah, backlash. WrestleMania backlash. What did you make? Uh, uh, like, what did you make of the zombies? I've had a really good laugh about the zombies, but also the like legitimately great stuff, like the two title matches at the end of the show. Roman Reigns continues his absolutely amazing streak. The setup for Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Did they elevate Seth Rollins as a top guy for you? Uh, also, the men's side for Raw as well with Drew McIntyre, Lashley and Strowman. Did that deliver for you just as much as it did for me? I'm not positive on Raw because there's a kind of match where the landscape on Raw is identical as it was beforehand because we're likely going with Lashley McIntyre. Raw has been absolutely awful since WrestleMania and it was pretty bad before. <laughs> I was hoping WrestleMania would hit a reset and then it got worse. The last two shows going into Backlash weren't as bad, but for me, they're still two out of five shows. They're still bad. Or <laughs> four out of ten. They're still bad shows. They just weren't as bad. I'd, I'd like... I'd be, SmackDown's been knocking it out of the park, though. I wish I reviewed SmackDown. <laughs> Instead, SmackDown has knocked it out of the park. Oh, is there, uh, before, yes, before I go off, yeah, who will win the match with Reigns and... Who, oh, who won the match? Who won the match? It was Roman Reigns. For some reason, I read that as a future question with my 4am blurry eyes. <laughs> no, who won the match? It was Roman Reigns. Or wrestling. Wrestling won. <laughs> Let's go with the crappy, cheapy, cringy answer. <laughs> who won? Wrestling fans won. 
Oh, I want to want to change that. That's so bad, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> anyway, I'll be back on Tuesday at midnight, aka seven EST. People don't do time zones as aka. It's a thing. I've done it now. So yes, I'll be live at yeah midnight GMT or BST because we're in summertime or in the Eastern time of 7pm with the Monday Night Raw review on Tuesday, then Wednesday the NXT review as well. The cycle never ends, it continues. I will say, as a European, just a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of a warning, I will be entering my Monday Night Raw review after immediately just finishing Eurovision. I will be in a mood. (laughs) It will be an interesting mood. (laughs) I will have drank fruity drinks and cider. Um, Yeah, it's going to be... Interesting reviews this week. <laughs> the time zone timelines just match up. I feel like I've plugged the wrong time. I'm, li- I'm live at uh, 11 BST slash 6. So that's irritating. <laughs> that's irritating. Uh, anyway. Uh, you've been used to pay for you to plug the raw reviews correctly and I've mucked it up. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, the raw review might be an interesting tone given I will be coming straight off of Eurovision and it's immediately going live. <laughs> like here with this review. After the show finished, I have... Five minutes to set everything up, including the lights and everything. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, what do you make of WrestleMania Backlash? Personally, thought it was a really strong show with its perfectly fine, serviceable mid-card, except for the zombies. The, the, the zombies? <laughs> that was a thing. That was a thing. Uh, yeah, I feel so fortunate. So fortunate that my internet cut out. And I just came back to just Twitter going, it was worse than it sounds. <laughs> like, okay then. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Um, so I instead used that time to walk backwards and forwards. I wasn't sat down for that time. Because I was waiting for the router to turn back. Just checking it. <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so I'll see you all on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review. Uh, again, you can hit me up on Twitter at the damn Imbacat. That's damn as in damn. I to do a little more chatty chatty about this. Again, weird phrases today. Uh, I am going to be live during the week as well. Normally at 5 BST with over on Twitch as I stream the video games. I think of streaming Control tomorrow. I'm going for the Platinum. I've got one trophy left. Uh, I think I'm doing the Alan Wake DLC in that game. Uh, so yes, I'll be streaming Control tomorrow uh, over on my Twitch with the implications with the second S. Also for wrestling headline stuff, there's Russell Headlines over on Twitter. as Wrestling Without an E. And on Facebook, Wrestling Headlines too. And uh, go to the website for all your latest wrestling news. Very good on mobile. <laughs> uh, I need to remember to plug the mobile side of it because it's genuinely uh, the stronger version of the layout. Anyway, it's why I like doing the little Photoshop stuff for it. It looks quite, It looks really nice, <laughs> the thumbnails and things. Anyway, what do you make of WrestleMania Backlash? Uh, hit me up in the comments below or, or whatever. I've just plugged like that. And with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, reviewing, whatever, engaging in any form or any manner. It's always gra- greatly appreciated. And don't take any of it for granted. Uh, and with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.